Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. What's happening, everybody? I am Eric J. Olson, and we are doing another live interview for the Managing Partners Podcast, where we speak to America's top managing partners about what they're doing to grow their law firms and to fill their case pipeline. And today I have Carlos Davia. God, did I say it wrong? I totally that screwed works. up. The, yeah, that's good. We're going to redo that because that was a screw up in the very beginning. What did I? Davila. Yeah, Davila. Well, that's, fine. that's fine. Davila. Is it Davila? Yeah. Yes. I wrote Davila. Davila. Yeah. Davila. I want to get this right. Davila. It doesn't matter. Like you could say Davila and that would be just fine, you know? Davila. All right. Hold on. Uh, you know what? We're, we're just going to keep recording. We'll just edit this out. That's fine. <laughs> let's let's set this back up. Davila. If you say if you said that like the Davila sounds more Italian, and if you said like Davila sounds more sort of like Hispanic, so it doesn't matter to me. It's, it's all good. <laughs> all right, let me set that back up since that was a screw up at the very beginning. Davila. All right, we're gonna do this right. All right, ready? Ready. Hey everybody, it's Eric J. Olson, and I am coming at you live for another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast where we interview America's top managing partners to find out what they're doing to grow their law firms and to keep their case pipeline full. And today from Miami, Florida, Carlos Davila. Hey, Carlos. Hi, Eric. How are you? I'm doing great. Did I nail it? Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, thanks All for right. having me on the show. It, yeah, we, we, we had to practice that last name, but I, I wanted to make sure I got it. So good. Well, hey, Carlos, hey, man, I, I appreciate you being on and making the time for us. So Carlos is an attorney in Miami, Florida. He has 22 years in family, criminal, civil rights, and general litigation and law. So, hey, Carlos. Uh, yeah, thanks again, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself and more about your firm. So I started my legal career actually in the Marine Corps back in 1996. And so I did three and a half years, almost four years of active duty as a judge advocate what people commonly refer to as uh, JAG, all over the place. My first assignment was Okinawa, Japan, which was a great place to go as a you know, brand new Marine Lieutenant in the late nineties. And, and then uh, where I had a really interesting job, I was something they call the Japanese jurisdiction officer. So every time a Marine would get arrested by the Japanese out in town or was facing charges, we would work with the Japanese Ministry of Justice to try to get the, case, the cases transferred to us so that we could prosecute them if, if we could or at least get them dismissed. You know, the idea was that we wanted Marines prosecuted under US law, not foreign law. That's, that's the policy of the US government. So yeah. very busy job. Uh, after that, I, um, I served some time in uh, North Carolina. One of my jobs there was as a, a prosecutor where I handled you know, some misconduct cases pending against Marines. And then I, I left active duty 2003 and came to Miami to start a uh, you know, a civilian legal career. I work for, uh, for a big law firm here in downtown handling huge uh, class action lawsuit where I was part of a big team of lawyers. And then in 2003, the, I got called up for a year and a half of mobilization in the Middle East. So it took some time to prepare for that. I actually spent seven months on the ground in Iraq in a place called uh, Camp Fallujah, Alamar province in Iraq. Uh, when I came back, I, you still with me? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Okay. So when I came back, I, uh, I basically started uh, my own practice and I've been doing that ever since 2006. I, I continue in um, serving in the Marine Corps Reserve. And um, so now I think I'm at 24 years or something like that time in the Marine Corps Reserve. So I do that. I balance that with uh, what I do here in the law firm. Uh, so the law firm initially started as um, um, with a focus on real estate. And that lasted till about 2008 when the market changed. And then we shifted our focus. And since then, for the most part, I've been working commercial litigation cases where I represent business clients on both ends of, uh, of lawsuits, defending or, or suing. And we also have a, a pretty busy family law practice that is sometimes kind of related to what we do with our you know, business clients. They kind of bring us their personal issues and we handle those. So anything from divorces to adoptions to guardianship type cases probate administering estates and things like that well first thank you for your service oh thank you that is quite impressive you've been to you know all, all over the world representing the united states so uh, it's very admirable it really is uh, and then also continuing to serve in the reserves that's uh that's a big commitment definitely time-wise and uh mental capacity so it's not i applaud you so very nice. Thank you. Thank you. What, what made you move to Miami? My brother was living here in the, in the late nineties. He went to school at the university of Miami and I went to school in the Midwest, uh, where it's very cold. So I would come down here for spring break to visit my brother. I'd be like, what, this is great. Like, why don't I just move here? Yeah. So I did yeah. when I graduated 97, I moved down here. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> very smart. Yeah. That's interesting. So that's cool. Great. Uh, hey, so so a lot of a uh, couple of different practice areas that you have. What are some different ways that you go about getting new clients? So we uh, try to network in in the in the legal community with other attorneys, and that maybe don't do the things that we do. And a, a lot of the times, we get calls from those attorneys and say, "Hey, I have this this particular client that needs help in something that you do." We also use uh, social media like Facebook and Instagram and some attorney uh, referral services where people go online and, you know, they type up what their problem is and then we, you know, contact them and then try to help them with their problems. Gotcha. Uh, so, so a lot of referrals, it sounds like, like online aggregators where they get the lead and then, and then they'll either like, you know, kind of resell yeah. it or provide it to you like Avos. Is that one? Yep. Yep. Okay. That, that's right. Yeah. How, how do you feel like those work for you? I think that most of the people that do that, that go to a website to try to find a lawyer, they're, they're not the, maybe not the optimal sort of place to look for clients. It's been much better when, when another attorney refers it to you because they're yeah. already known entities, you know, they, they can provide a reference as to how they behave because that attorney client relationship is, is very smart. I mean, very, uh, very important. It has to work. It's like any other relationship. And so when it's already sort of been done with somebody that does what you do and they understand how we, how we operate, it, it, it works much better. Uh, a lot of the times yeah. when you just use a, some kind of search engine or some kind of website set up by somebody, you get a lot of people that either don't have the resources to hire an attorney or have not dealt with an attorney before. And, you know, so there's some sort of, uh, there's a bit of a learning curve. Yeah. We reject no. a lot of cases that just come off the street basically, or through social media. I agree with you. Uh, referrals, uh, you know, we hear that a lot here on this podcast, that they're a great source. And uh, hey, nobody loves referrals more than I do for my business. And it's the same for for any business. They're, they're the best, right? High trust. 
Yes. Um, you know, when, when it comes to those internet leads, uh, it, it could be hit or miss. Uh, you know, one of the things that we found is that if you really uh, narrow in the messaging that goes out to the world and, you know, things like the articles and blog posts that you put on your website and Google picks up on those and then you can start to fine tune the leads that come in versus like you said, you know, kind of, kind yes. of the random ones where you have to educate them a lot. Yeah. Interesting. So when, when you get a, a prospective client coming to you in one way or another, yes. Uh, what, what is your process and, and what tools do you use for taking them from that prospective client all the way to when they become a client? So we normally schedule a consultation where we talk to people about their problem and we do it in a very informal way. Now, a, a lot more, now we're doing it over this kind of tool, you know, the internet, uh, Zoom or Hangouts or WhatsApp or whatever they have. Before we used to meet people in person, that's not so uh, popular anymore. And, 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 you know, honestly, I think this is a much better tool sometimes because it's very efficient. It's cheaper, right, for most people also to do it from anywhere. They don't have to come to you, park, yeah. come up the elevator, all that time, you know, saved. And so we talk to people about their problems, and then we tell them whether we can actually help them. Um, sometimes we, you know, that we can't, or we tell them we're very honest about, you know, maybe your case, given the what you're telling me, assuming it's everything is true and we can be proven, maybe not so great for you. And sometimes we'll take a case, even even though the case maybe might not, you know, be the, the best case in terms of the likelihood of success, but, you know, the person needs legal representation. So we don't not only take good cases, we also take bad cases sometimes, yeah. you know, bad meaning that you might not prevail, but at least you have legal representation because maybe the facts are not on your side, but you still need to kind of navigate the procedure. So aspect, maybe you negotiate a better deal than you otherwise would get. So we, we talk about fees and costs and we try to do that at the end after we hear a person's you know, situation and that, that kind of like a you know the harder part of the conversation talking money you know unlike um doctors for example they typically you know have insurance that backs them up and, you know clients come with insurance so there's a third party that's going to pay but in our case for the most part the clients pay out of pocket so we have to be very careful in the way in which we sort of discuss that in a sort of friendly and you know courteous way that doesn't turn off a potential client. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. That is interesting that the, you know, the analogy or the comparison to doctors, right? They don't, they don't have to worry about that when it comes to right. talking to clients. Right. It's just their clients are patients, but they just do the work and right. then they don't worry about that nasty stuff, money. Right. right? But yeah, in, in the legal profession, clearly there needs to be a discussion. And if there's not, then someone's going to be surprised and it's usually the client. Yes. So yeah, things like, you know, the rates, expected number of hours. I'm sure that comes up a lot, right? Have yeah. you, have you, do you, do you bill by the hour always? Do you ever do like uh, fixed costs, anything like that? It depends on the case when sometimes like, for example, I have a case right now that is one of these employment discrimination cases that is going, is going through the EOC and then I have a state claim against the actual perpetrator. And it's, it's a, it's a pretty ugly case where a supervisor uh, sexually harasses a female subordinate, you know, and 
at some point like puts a knife to her throat and crazy stuff yeah. like a belt around her neck it's, it's a, in a construction site so those kinds of cases you typically will take on a contingency basis because the crime is either you know like a maybe minimum wage earner or you know there's not a lot of resources and so and, and when the facts are on your side and, and you're in a good position it's worth accepting that risk but there's other cases like i was saying that where maybe the you know the odds are not so great for that particular client so you don't we cannot accept the risk of, of loss in, yeah. in those cases but we actually have a, a pretty proven method for calculating what uh, somebody's fees would be to get through at least the mediation process, which is where 99% of the cases that we handle typically are resolved at. Now, very few cases actually go to trial. So we'll charge them an upfront fee that's equivalent to what we think, you know, given our billable rates and the people that are involved and the work involved will take to get us through mediation. And, and if we don't get it done then, then we have to have another conversation with a client about, you know, how much more it will cost. And it's kind of unfortunate in a sense because, you know, accessing the legal system, you know, having legal representation is a very expensive thing. It's, it's not something that anybody really ever saves for, you know, nobody keeps like a legal fund they just in case I need to hire a lawyer to sue or defend from a lawsuit. So when these things come up there, you know, people are mostly surprised unless you have a very wealthy client that has uh, you know deep pockets most most people that you know live on a salary have to really struggle to to cover legal expenses yeah it, it can certainly get expensive and one of the things that yeah. i learned uh, once i started to um you know, engage my business lawyer when i opened up this business is yes. ask for estimates right yes yeah uh, because if it's open-ended i'll probably be surprised but uh yeah. but also i will say completely worth it I know as a client, when, when, when I speak to my lawyer, I, I feel at ease, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Right. And so that, that's the way that it should be. And I'm, I'm sure you make your clients feel like that as well. Yes. We take ownership of their, their problem Yeah, and we, we manage it for them and we try to insulate them as much as possible from sort of the whole, uh, the stress associated with, uh, not knowing what I don't, what they don't know because they don't do this every day. And even with that insulation that we provide. Um, it's still stressful for the client because the outcome is never really guaranteed for anything. Yeah, agreed. What are your business or what are your growth plans? I should say your growth plans for the next couple of years, say the next two to five years. So uh, we plan to increase our networking efforts in the in the community. So uh, uh, things as simple as attending uh, more. So social gatherings with other lawyers in the community, and also maybe building our social media presence by creating a bigger website and maybe um, optimizing our social media marketing plan so that more people are attracted to to the firm. Nice. So we're we're not located in a you know sort of street level type you know office. Uh, we are on the 16th floor of an office building. Nobody sees us, right? We're kind of like in this little cubby hole. So yeah. we have to kind of reach out to the world so that for them to know that we actually even exist and uh, that, that we can be, we could help them with their problem. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. And uh, I, I think you're going to get there. I, I, you have a very impressive story. So if someone would like to get in touch with you and either pick your brain on how you've done what you've done, or maybe they have a, a referral for you, what is a good way to get in touch with you? So there's three good ways. You can just call us. Over the phone, I, the number is 305-285-5899.
you can go uh, to our website at dlf-pa.com or facebook.com uh, forward slash Tavila Law Firm. Fantastic. Appreciate your time. All right, everybody. If you would like to watch more excellent episodes like this one, you can check out our entire backlog at arraylaw.com slash podcast. We have 130, maybe more podcasts there organized by where the law firm is located, their state, and also their practice area. So you can find exactly what you're looking for. And if you're interested in digital marketing for your law firm, check out my company, Array Digital, at ArrayLaw.com. We focus on websites, search engine optimization, online advertising, and social media. Carlos, thanks so much. Thanks for having me.